Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, you guys. Uh, you guys, we are so excited to share episode one of our coverage of The Vow. This is from Patreon. We're giving you episode one ad-free right here. And if you are down with The Vow and you want to hear the rest of the screaming we did about it, you can get all of the rest of the episodes on Patreon right now ad-free at the $5 level, girl. Well, you know what this is, right? This is actually TikTok called the clock. That's what, welcome. That's what time it is. Everyone check your clock. I don't know if we're on in the same time zone, but this this crosses all time zones. It's called the clock. But it's also like, remember, we started out like we were so happy to be doing this. And the more and more we got into it, the more and more of a rage we felt about the entire process. It was nine <laughs> episodes and I started getting mad at HBO. Like I was getting mad at the process of it. Like I was just like, uh, it's a whole thing. I just remember yelling a lot. That's what yeah. I remember. Hey, you guys know you love it when GP gets a little out of control. If you're looking for that, go find The Vow on the Patreon right now, you guys. Salty. Extra salt. <laughs> we'll pop back in at the end and say goodbye, but enjoy at free episode one of HBO's The Vow. Yeah, this is when we loved Sarah, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Woo, the tables turned on that one. <laughs> I go on this what can only be described as a monologue, a diatribe. And I'm like, how do you get here? Like when you start a cult and I'm just like pontificating about yeah. like cults and why and how. And I'm like, I, I remember distinctly saying the words, well, I think Manson always wanted chaos, but how do you get from like an MLM to like branding people? And I'm going on and on talking more to myself than I am to Mike, who, uh-huh. who is so sweetly uh-huh, actively listening. And I just turn to him and I'm like, you know, and he like takes a beat. And he, cause I know he's really been listening and he takes a second and he goes, we have so much in common and I just and then I said and cults are not one of them and he goes no you guys hello welcome to episode one of our coverage of the vow girl it's called the science of joy which immediately immediately my first note is I'm immediately enraged Why do people have to be joyous all the time? Why can't we just be okay with just being fine? Everything's fine. Why are we looking for that like internal peace all the time? Right, because that's not sustainable or realistic in any way. And also the science of joy is just immediately like, oh, well, this is bullshit. Like this is a manipulation. No question. This is one of 98 times I'm going to say this shit would never work on me because number one, I don't want that inner joy. (laughs) Number two, you like... (laughs) I don't have seven hours to sit at a table and listen to you tell me about the new mathematics you invented. Like, I, th- it would never work on me. Yeah. Cut to me in like four years living in Hawaii, like with the bag one and like in a hang glider. <laughs> so the thing about this documentary is that we have, and every cult does this, I will never understand it. They record Everything. Audio, every phone call, every meeting, everything is documented and recorded. And this is what I can't get behind. Like this Nexium thing is basically Scientology meets an MLM. Yes. And it ends up being a sex cult where they brand women and it's this very subservient thing. And my question that I was ranting to Mike about is how does it get from one thing to the other? And when I say like, I think Manson always wanted chaos. That's true. He thought that he wanted to invent a race war. Like I think, I do think that's true. He never gave a shit about school. 
scarves and sashes and right. inner joy. <laughs> Charles Manson doesn't give a fuck if you're joyous. He prefers if yeah. you're not. So right. <laughs> I just don't understand how did it get from a Scientology MLM to what we know it is now? And that I need to talk about it for 16 hours. Well, let's begin that journey, <laughs> shall we? Oh, God. So the whole thing opens. And the thing that this documentary does really well is that you sometimes can't tell if you're watching an interview that was done for the documentary or if you're watching an interview that was done by somebody else, like for the cult. And so it opens with this interview with this fucking guy talking about passion and caring. Imagine if there were those traits that you might want for yourself. ESP, Nexium, is a methodology that allows people to optimize their experience and behavior. And he's doing that thing that crazy people do where they're so calm but speaking so confidently. Because he talks a lot but he says nothing. And the gaslighting. I know. Oh, the let's gas- fucking go. Let's start. <laughs> I am. Do you see my fists? I'm like, I, know, I can't I handle this. All right, take us into it. So we're going to start in 2017, right? And there's yeah. this guy. And he's, he's like, I originally wanted to record this because I had a very strong suspicion that I would be attacked when I left the organization. Attacked could be legally... It could be private investigators, it could be bugging, it could be, you know, uh, destroying my name. I wanted to record this because I knew oh my God. that when I left, I would be attacked. And I'm like, wait, what? Yes, right there I went, oh shit, tell me everything, girl. And he, happily, and he goes, that could be by lawyers, that can mean I'm being bugged, it could be destroying <laughs> my name. And basically what he's saying is, it could be any number of things, but I'm recording this because I want it to be understood. It was. It's never been my intention to try and destroy this organization and some of you that are still in may think that it's more uh, uh, it's more that i saw what was really going on and what was really going on basically just fucked with my head I hate this too. I know. You should want to destroy this organization. Who are you? But then it cuts to court. And it wasn't until I watched this the second time that I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Because when I watched it the first time, I didn't really know what I was watching. But Keith Raniere, who we're going to learn, he's the guy with the glasses talking about the passion and whatever. He's a schlub. Yeah. He's he's by definition a schlubby, shitty guy. Yes. Million percent. And we are at his sentencing. 58-year-old Keith Raniere, the former leader of the upstate New York sex cult Nexium was found guilty on all counts. Guilty of racketeering, guilty of conspiracy, wire fraud, and sex trafficking. This guy is found guilty on all counts. It's racketeering, conspiracy, wire fraud, and sex trafficking. Right. I went fucking sex trafficking? Oh, yeah. And also being a cult leader. Like, yes. uh, like these are all under the umbrella <laughs> of being a cult leader. Like, it's ridiculous. So we meet Sarah Edmondson. Who I like right away. She's a little bit tough and you can tell she's seen some shit and I really like her. Yeah, she's very important in this. So yeah. she talks about... I was 27, just turning 28. When I met Mark, I was living in Vancouver. This is around the time when I was into setting intentions. My boyfriend at the time was a filmmaker. He had made a film that got accepted into the Spiritual Cinema Circle Festival at Sea on a cruise. So I set the intention that I was going to go on this cruise and figure out my purpose in life. My real purpose. I was really lost. I was looking for direction. I was challenged in my relationship. I was trying to be an actor. It wasn't really working. And I wasn't living the life I imagined. And her boyfriend is a filmmaker. So they go on some cruise that's also a film festival. And it's also some like spiritual film festival. I was like, get me the fuck off this boat. Seriously. Also, the thing about cruises, which I have been told is not the case anymore. But in my head, you have to like be friends with the people you sit with. You're like assigned seating. (laughs) 
and you have to sit with the same people every night. I don't go anywhere to make friends. And if I'm stuck in the middle of the fucking ocean, just let me enjoy my Caesar salad by myself, please. Thank you. You and I have traveled quite a bit together, and it's always been great. I am never taking you. I'm never going on a cruise. But if I get tricked into one, I'm not. I would not put you through the torture of inviting you. No, or room service. Right. We'll just be in the room alone. And then there'll be the two seats at the big circle table of eight. Where are those two? They never seem to come to dinner. Harold, we have two empty seats at this table of eight. You're goddamn right you do. I'm not I'm not here to make friends. We're not coming. So she says And then we got on the cruise and the guest of honor and the judge of all the films was gonna be Mark Vicente, the director of the film. What the bleep do we know? I mean, What the Bleep was one of the highest grossing documentaries of all time. In some circles, he's a well-known documentarian. He made a movie called What the Bleep Do We Know, which I had heard of it. It's a documentary about like the intersection of like science and spirituality. That's cool. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Sarah finds herself sitting across the table from him, and he does this thing that would make me throw him off the fucking ship. She's sick as a dog, and she's coughing. And he looks at this sick woman and says to her, What would you lose? This is an ESP framed question what do you lose if you stop coughing now sarah to this day is entertaining this question like it's not the most gaslighty bullshit a man could ask a woman because she does say this is so esp like when she says it and we'll explain esp in a minute and i love that we don't know what it means i'm like oh this is culty esp means culty stick with it okay okay fine (laughs) and sarah's like it was a really loud super obnoxious cough like just to be clear it was like annoying and he's like what would you lose if you stop coughing and now to me i'm like well if i'm holding back a cough it's gonna be really uncomfortable and then i'm gonna cough louder and choke on it. You know when you're suppressing a yes, cough yourself? Of course. She's sick. She's sick. But then like in the moment or whatever because this woman Sarah at this time in her life according to her is broken and looking for something. She's like oh my god this man asked me a very important question and I realized. I had the awareness instantly that I had linked sickness and attention. I was trying to get my boyfriend's attention. I was like oh my gosh my whole life I've been so sick as a means of for attention. Oh my God, how brilliant is this person who's asking me what I would lose if I stopped coughing? She's coughing because she's sick. Right. Another reason I wouldn't fall for this is because if somebody said to me and I'm coughing and I'm sick on a cruise, what would you lose by not coughing? I would say, fuck you. And I would go to the bar. Like, I would just never entertain a question like that. Uh I'm mad just talking about it. Fuck you. Fuck off. I know. Again, girl, we'd be in our room with room service. We'd never be at the dinner table to share. Come on. If he said, what would you lose by not coughing? I'd be like, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I would be able to say to him. I'm coughing into my elbow. I'm doing the good cough. It's none of your I fucking know. business. Don't worry Fuck about it. off. God. Fuck off. Look, he gets worse. He gets worse before he gets better. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But because Sarah's like. And, you know, the next day I got better right away. And. All I knew at that point was that I really liked and respected Mark, and Mark very casually talked about Nexium, and you know, there's this guy, he's the smartest man in the world, and he he was he underplayed it. If anything, I was more interested in working with him. Can I just break in to say one thing? Yeah, yeah. Mark is the same guy who at the top of the episode is like, I left this group and they think I'm trying to take them down and I'm not. Yeah. We are learning the story of how Sarah and Mark got into Nexium, but we know that both of them have left. Right. And even at the top, Mark is like, I don't want to destroy it, but I'm like, you should want to destroy I it. I know. So Mark's like, now that I have your attention, let me tell you about a little thing called Nexium. And to this day, Sarah's like, he totally underplayed it. But yeah. at the same 
same time, she's quoting him as saying things like, the smartest person to ever exist in the entire universe is involved. We're doing amazing, life-changing things. There's this fantastic community. And Sarah's like, this is all great, but her focus is Mark. He made this documentary. It's called What the Bleep Do We Know? But she keeps calling it What the Bleep. Like, we should know what it is. And she's like, it's the highest grossing documentary of all time. And I'm like, Sarah, I goofed it. That's not true either. No, it's not even close to true. But she's like enamored with Mark. And suddenly I'm like, where's the boyfriend? Not where Mark is, clearly. Like, just. Yeah. And she's like, remember, I asked the universe to give me a lead. Keep in mind, I just put it out there to the universe. What's my purpose? Oh, maybe this is my purpose. Sarah was really really needing some kind of direction and so she will take any hint to make it seem like this is her life's purpose. So we're back to Keith, the guy who gets arrested eventually and we're like seeing a video from Lord Only Knows What and he's saying Executive Success Programs ESP Nexium is a methodology for optimizing or enhancing human experience and behavior. This whole like ESP thing, it's a program for optimizing human experience and behavior and I just went Barf. 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 Sorry, I'm going to calm down. I'm taking all the fun out of it. <laughs> what are you kidding me? This is great. What are you not just. I hate it so much. I know. Why are people falling for this? Lady Pates, I hope you're happy because I'm going to be at 100 and so is Patrick. So now, <laughs> usually we, we file the balance, but totally. my throat hurts. We've been recording for five seconds. I know. So here's the thing. So ne- we're going to call it Nexium. We're not spelling the shit out. They call it Nexium, but it's like N X I V M. Also, that's yeah. so annoying. Like, I know. just call it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> So Nexium is the umbrella company. It's like the main thing. And then they have all of these quote, what they call companies. This is the MLM part of it. They call all these like companies under that umbrella. So ESP was the thing that Mark was super into and what he pitched to Sarah. So it's the executive success programs. Now we meet Nancy Salzman, who's the co-founder of Nexium ESP. Now, here's the thing about Nancy Salzman. There is something about Nancy. She has a magic. It's undeniable. Really? Yeah. I think she's the cheesiest, <laughs> fakest bitch I have ever seen. The beliefs that we formed when we were small children stay with us. And do you know what that means? It means that on some levels, six, seven, and eight-year-olds are running the world. I like. I think that Nancy has a magic. Like she's described as warm. Like that's kind of the thing that like would work on me. Was like not the guy who's talking down to me and talking about optimism. Like Nancy, like putting her hand on my knee and like being warm. Like that would work. But what is that show V from the seventies that they tried to remake with Juliet from Lost, where like the lizard people like unzip their skin and the lizards walk out and they've like taken over the planet? That's what Nancy seems like to me. I'm constantly waiting for Nancy to unzip her face and have the lizard. King walk out. <laughs> I can't believe you went from like, I kind of like Nancy to Nancy's one zillion percent a lizard person. <laughs> Nancy is, I think I said this on our, our last like Tuesday Ladies Who Lunch. Nancy is like the vice principal who wakes up and wonders how many lives am I going to ruin today? Like sure. whose day am I going to totally ruin? I've known women like this where it's like, yeah. no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like a little nurse ratchety or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like everything's nice if you do it Nancy's way. And then it, like she frightens me. Like she's, uh-huh. I, I don't, uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm doubled over. I'm so I can't handle that you're like I kind of like I can't I like do. you would be okay with Nancy touching your leg in what universe girl 
I do. I kind. She has to me. She's got kind of like. Remember, I was raised by lesbians. Nancy's got that kind of vibe. Like I don't know. I kind of like that. I mean, I'm not saying that she's a good person, but I could see me falling under her spell. Well, the thing is, we see so many of these like old school, like the original like pitch videos for Nexium. Yes. And Nancy, yes. Nancy yes. does this thing. Like, I mean, we have to stop doing this, but it's very like, hi. Are you lost? I mean, in your life, do you, she's like she's almost Valerie Cherish in the way she's like. So the thing about it, you know, it's it's a human potential program. Yeah. Am I right? Are you a human who has potential, but you just haven't met it yet? We called it executive success programs, not because it's only geared for executives in business, although it's very good for executives in business. What we want to do is we want to be successful by executing, by following through, by being proactive in our lives. And I'm like, Nancy, calm. It's very smiley. Her eyes are wide open. And it's very, this is not just for executives. I know it's called the Executive Success Program, but we want everyone to be as successful yeah. as they possibly can. And I'm like, Nancy, you got to tone it down, girl. You have to just take a goddamn breath. Are we going to find out where they found Nancy? Like, I need more information on her backstory. I'm a couple episodes ahead. I I know nothing about Nancy. We only see her in these like cheesy welcome videos, oh, which is wow. like, which is making me crazy. And I also love it at the same I time. <laughs> wow. So we're back to beautiful Sarah and Sarah's like, at the time I was living in a basement suite where my rent was $400 a month. So for me to spend thousands of dollars on my personal growth was obscene, but I really wanted to change. I really wanted to make that, that leap. So I put it on my credit card and signed up for the next training. The thing is, like, Mark convinces her to do this ESP program, which is, she did, I think, the $2,700 thing. But yeah. if you want to do, like, the 10-day program, it's $7,000. I know. And then what Sarah says that like, she thinks she's going to get, like, she's like, you know, I'm going for this three-day session. I'm expecting it's going to be, like, a Tony Robbins-style, fancy-looking ballroom, like, fancy people. We're going to rah, rah, rah. She says she shows up. And it's, like, a broke-down holiday in conference room. There's four people in the training. And it's Mark, and it's like, is this thing on? Is it I know. You guys hearing okay? Not if you can hear me. He literally says, can you hear me? There's two people. It's like, it's like when, when Jeb Bush was like, please clap. At that moment, that famous I, moment, that's Mark. I don't know that moment. I have to look it up. I think the next president needs to be a lot quieter, but send a signal that we're prepared to act in the national security interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. Please clap. To like at a rally, <laughs> at a rally, please clap. That was Mark saying, not if you can hear me. Come on, all Chewia. So she's like, what the fuck is this? I paid $2,500. I put on my credit card. I'm already in debt. I was expecting glitz and glamour. I get Mark with me and two other people. Right. And then she's like, also Nancy's power suit. Super weird. Yeah. Like Nancy on the video. It's just totally underwhelming. Everyone's power suits are weird. And Nancy's first intro video, she's like, hi. Hello, I'm Nancy Salzman. Welcome to your first Origins class. Meanwhile, I'm like staring at her eyebrows. So Nancy's not there yet. Nancy's all on the video. She's like, this is very like cheesy, very 80s. Like, yes. And Nancy's doing this whole thing where she's like, do you know that game Whack-A-Mole? And the whole <laughs> thing that Nexium does is that they present ideas that are already established as right. if they're brand new ideas. Did you ever see the carnival game Whack-A-Mole? 
there's this little mole and he pops up and he has this like little grassy hat on. So you take the sledgehammer and you knock down this mole and you knock down this one, you knock one down and another one pops up and another one pops up. Does this sound like your life? And she's like, let me tell you about this thing that Nexium invented called whack-a-mole. She's got shoulder moves. She's like, the thing is, you hit a little, what, a mole, if you will, you whack it and whack-a-mole. And so you hit it and then you hit one. Oh my God, another whack-a-mole comes up. And so you're hitting it, you're hitting it. I mean, it's exhausting. Does this not sound like your life? Am I right? Am I right, ladies? Am I right? And I'm like, again, who is falling for this? And Sarah is like, not me. Sarah is like, I was like, what? Where am I? And I was sort of like, you know, my parents are therapists. What are you going to teach me? Can we dive into that? Yeah. Where are your therapist parents right now? So Sarah breaks out one of her binders. Right. Sarah has everything. Because Sarah's yeah. here to sing like a choir of canaries. Not just a canary. <laughs> Sarah's the whole auditorium. Uh-huh. So she has everything. And it's this gigantic, like she needs two arms to open it. And she's like, oh, okay, here we go. So rules and rituals. You guys want to hear about that? And everyone behind the camera is like, yes. Totally. Yes, we want all of it. Because the whole day, she's telling us like in your first sessions, this is what you're learning. And we, like Jillian was saying, they recorded everything. So we see video. The first thing we're going to do is bow when we enter a session space. So I bow and walk in. Huddle. And one, two, three. We line up in rank order. And we do the handshake. Give me your hand. Shake my hand. So if we learn how to shake hands. We shake like this. You know, it was just weird. Like, they're telling these newbies, the first thing you do when you enter our sacred space is you bow. And everyone's like, okay. And then Sarah goes, and then we learned how to shake hands. And they show the ritual of shaking hands. It's so fucking bananas. And then we hear that Keith and Nancy both have titles. Keith is called Vanguard. Nancy is called Prefect. And the thing is, you don't call them Nancy and Keith. You call them Prefect and Vanguard. To which I say, fuck Fuck you. If they, I just would never do it and then Sarah Sarah begins the, you guys it's gonna, this is gonna take us through the whole episode Sarah tells us about the sashes and I was like what the fuck regarding the sashes when you get the white sash you're a student when you get the yellow sash you're a coach now our conceptual founder uh, Keith Rainier he wears a white sash he considers himself a student of light she's like today Sarah's like <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> There are these sashes. And look, I got to tell you, she immediately was like, what the fuck is with the sashes? Like she, I I think the reason why we like her now, there are parts of Sarah that I've learned about where I'm just like, Sarah, but she was really in it. She was really in it, but she was very like gaslighty and very like manipulative because she was in this horrible thing. But I think it was smart for the documentary to have her be one of our first narrators and talking heads is because she says everything we're screaming about. The sashes are weird. Why am I in a rundown holiday inn? What the fuck is this? This makes no sense. And she is talking about these sashes and she's like I call Mark and I'm like Mark I looked up to you remember the cruise with the buffet remember did that buffet mean nothing to you it meant everything to me like what's happening and Mark goes look he said wait till day three everyone has a huge shift in day three day three is like really big And, and it was sort of also like well I'm here you know let's just ride it out and it was true on day three is when I had my first big like holy shit and I'm like, well, day three, that's at least 48 hours of brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> day three is probably when the, quote, big shit happens. Yeah. So Sarah has this whole breakthrough on day three because that was the self-esteem module. Self-esteem was explained in the working definition we use in ESP was self-esteem is the range of options that you have in a given circumstance. People with high self-esteem 
see possibilities. But most of the time, you can't see those options because of what they called your limiting beliefs. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And this is where we learn that every human being has two to 300 limiting beliefs. And the example she uses, you know, she says, imagine you're a photographer and you have a fear of heights. You're limited to what you can photograph on the ground floor. But if we can break you of that phobia, you can go to the top of the Eiffel Tower and all of a sudden you're taking photos in 3D. And so they're basically trying to tell you that any insecurity you have, like anything that you're kind of dealing with is yeah. total bullshit. That's a limiting belief. You could change that right now if you wanted to. And that's really, really sad and kind of fucked up that you've spent 30 years on this earth and you haven't gotten rid of this limiting belief yet. And Sarah tells us she like goes back in time to like when she was like living this bullshit. Like if I ever heard anyone go, well, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not a morning person. I'm like, that's just a limiting belief. When you recognize that everyone has limiting beliefs, you just walk around going, oh, that's a limiting belief. That's not true. That's bullshit. He could change that. I could change that for him in 45 minutes if he let me. <laughs> I could change that for him in 45 minutes if he let me. With her arms crossed. Like, she goes right back there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like you, you know that's exactly how she was. That's exactly 100%. how she was when she was in it. Totally. And we also see Sarah's notes on this. Girl, I paused it. What did they say? She wanted to be, like, sexy, hot, but, like, a sexy geek. And she wanted a great ass. And she wrote <gasps> great ass in caps underlined. <laughs> I mean, I literally want all those same things, but I'm not going to join a cult to get them. Right, but that's not a limiting belief. Do a couple squats. <laughs> what are you talking about? I know. And now we learn how Mark got involved. Yeah. Remember, Mark is that documentary filmmaker. He made that movie, What the Bleep Do We Know, or whatever. Yeah. So Mark is telling us that he was hooked by Nancy Salzman. One day, I get an email from this woman called Barbara Boucher. So I call... There's two women on the other end, Barbara Boucher and Nancy Salzman. They said, can we come meet you? And I'm like, sure, that sounds great. The day that they were flying in, I said to them, so what airline? They said, no, 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 we're at the, the private thing. And I was like, huh. He's like, oh, great, I'll pick you up at the airport. What terminal? And they're like, no, girl, we're taking our private Lear jet that only lizard alien people have. And this makes Mark pay attention. Mark's like, oh, okay. Yeah, because remember, he's just a selfish fucking artist, and all he wants to do is like find people to pay him to make movies. And so he picks them up or whatever. They come to his house. They sit him down, and they like tell him, we're into what you want to do. You know, we can make it happen. We've got the money. Come to our headquarters in Albany. Albany. <laughs> Ritzy, glitzy Albany, where where it's all happening in Albany. Where's that postcard? Albany, where it's all happening. What is the deal? Why are they in Albany? Because nobody gives a shit. I'm sorry, Albany. Like it's not it's not you, Albany. I'm sorry. I'm not mad at you, Albany. I'm mad at the other people who took advantage of you. Because what they say to Mark, they're like, Mark, look. The founder of this model has come up with an understanding of how the mind works broken it down into a formula in a fashion of mathematics that's reproducible, therefore creating and making it a science. It's truly extraordinary. We know this guy. He made joy about math. So you can totally. actually reproduce joy as a formula. And talking to this guy who's all up his own ass, claiming that he can get any meeting he wants, who made right. this what the bleep do we know? This is music to his ears. They show up with his private jet. He's like, oh, 
okay i am totally. all the money to make all this shit so they're like and it's all happening in albany and then we get this fucking bullshit story where mark goes and he's like everyone was so nice and full of joy and it was warm i couldn't believe how amazing it was and i just thought it couldn't be true and i stormed into nancy's office and i was like you guys have an ulterior motive this is bullshit you want something else i went into nancy's office and i said you guys have an ulterior motive Something's not right here. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, Everybody, it's, everybody's too nice, too kind, it's all full of shit. Something's not right. And she goes, huh, really? What if it's you that's looking for that problem? What if it doesn't exist? And that's all it took. And then Mark was in. Nancy gaslit the shit out of Mark. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, okay, you're right. And this is where I'm asking, did Nancy know it was going to get into a sex trafficking branding thing when she's saying- See, I was thinking about that all day today because I'm not there yet. And I, I actually did Google, like, where is Nancy now? And I know the answer. And so I don't know. I don't know what she knew. Yeah. So now we're learning about something called an EM, which is the exploration of meaning. And so this is like, it's public therapy sessions and it's cognitive therapy it's a thing that's been around long before nexium and will will exist long after it's the whole idea of like we can get rid of your phobias like just come and we will rid you of your phobias right and like four easy payments of twenty five hundred dollars <laughs> The EMs are important. Like, EMs are kind of what this whole Nexium shit is based on because that's how it yeah. brings people in. Because the point is, like, Mark tells a story about how, like, he did an EM with Nancy and it's public therapy, right? So it's like in right. this whole group. Nancy says, who wants to work on something? And I go, yeah, I have really bad panic attacks on the freeway. And she's like, great, let's do that one. And she had said, there comes a certain point when we get into a part of your brain that is non-logical where it's gonna, it's gonna feel weird. And that's what it felt like. I don't even know what language she's speaking. Nancy's like, abracadabra, I promise you the next time you're on the freeway, you won't be scared. And Mark's like, and wouldn't you know it, the next time I was on, I was on the freeway, I forgot that I should have been scared. Yeah, because Mark is saying, like, not only did that, like, happen, like, not only did I not have a panic attack, I never had one again. And I went back to L.A. and I wrote this brilliant screenplay that had been, like, dogging me for months and months and months. I wrote it in three weeks. And, oh, my God, now my career is in gear again. And I'm in. And so that's what this is. Because the thing is, they get people who are lonely or sad and they do these EMs and they're like, I feel super great after this. And I'm like, girl, because you just like got it all out. You talked about your feelings and that's how they hook people. And my thing is like, OK, so just put yourself in these people's positions for, for just one second. Like you paid twenty five hundred dollars for three days, let's say. And yeah. you had to put that on your credit card or whatever. And you're being told day in and day out that this works. If that yes. were me, like I would like fake that it worked. One million percent. You know what I mean? They're making it seem like if it doesn't work for you, like I already have a ton of problems. Like the fact that I have problems means that I'm a nightmare. So that yep. if this isn't fixing me, like shit, this better fucking fix me. So they're yep. putting this pressure on you. So n now Mark is like, let's talk about the image they painted of this mysterious Keith guy. Who is Keith? Yes. And so remember, Keith Ranieri is the guy that in the beginning we find out gets convicted of all of those things and probably goes to jail for forever. Keith's the guy. He's the bag one. He's the piece of shit. Yeah. He's the worst. He's the bag one. <laughs> Yeah, and they keep telling Mark, like, you're going to get to meet him. You're going to get to meet him. And Mark is like, when, when, when? And finally, we get this moment. And again, everything is on either video or audio. And Mark is invited to Nancy's house. And I don't know if Keith is staying there. Like, I have so many questions. Are Keith and Nancy together? Or yeah. were they together? And, and Nancy tells, like, all these lies. Like, Nancy's like, oh, my God. The Guinness Book of World Records said that he was one of the top scorers on an IQ test ever given. One of the top three problem solvers in the world. He learned French, German, 
and English before he learned to read. He went to college at RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, when he was 16. Also, they told me he had triple majors in mathematics, biology, and computer science. Keith is in the Guinness Book of World Records for his IQ. That's Googleable. That's fake. He's, his name is never appeared. Is that a appeared. lie? It's a complete lie. He's one of the top three problem solvers in the world. Says who? How do you quantify that? That's <laughs> bullshit. He learned French, German, and English before he learned to read, which is actually fucking impossible. <laughs> I believed all of that. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, girl, I googled. No, he's not in the Guinness Book of World Records for his IQ. Like, none of this makes any sense. So Mark is like, oh, my God, this, like, wizard. Oh, yeah. Third degree, black belt, graduated college at 16, concert level, pianist, and a humanitarian, you guys. Right. So Mark is like, oh, my God. Like, there's going to be, like, just light that appears around this yes, guy when he yes, walks in the yes. door. There's going to be angels singing. Like, oh, my God. And it walks Keith Ranieri, the schlub. Yes. I don't know if it's the actual moment or what, but we see Keith actually walking in the door of Nancy's house. And it cuts to Mark. And he's like, this guy walks in who's, like, short and, like, bouncy and he's like an odd guy. And there was a part of me that was like, this is the dude. I have three words for you. Socks and sandals. I can't. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that say it all? Socks yes. and sandals. Oh, my God. Enough. Yes. Enough. But, like, it doesn't take them two minutes before they're sitting at a table. Mark is like, this conversation went on for five hours. We hear <laughs> audio of the conversation and it is so embarrassing to listen to it is it really because is because mark is crying we're learning about his like growing up in johannesburg and whatever the whole his whole backstory about wanting to do better for the world because of apartheid all of that is valid and real i don't want to be listening to this he's crying telling keith like he's in awe of him and he says to me i think that you feel a deep responsibility for humanity he says, I think because of your upbringing and what you saw in your country, you want to like do something that's really going to help the world and you're scared that you'll do damage. Is that why you're scared? So we're back to Sarah and she's telling us about the first time she met Nancy. Oh, and like, God. remember Sarah in the conference room the first day was like, who is this bitch from the 80s with her eyebrows and her shoulder pads? Like, what the fuck is this? Because she only met Nancy, met Nancy like on these videos, these like yes. VHS welcome videos. So she's seeing Nancy in the flesh for the first time. And by this point, Sarah's pretty in it. She's like pretty indoctrinated. Yeah. And it seems like Sarah's moving up quickly because Nancy wanted to meet her and she wanted to meet Nancy and Sarah saying meeting Nancy was like meeting a celebrity, but this is where we learn all about the stripe path. Right. So it has to do with those sashes, the scarves, whatever. And so yeah. this is where it's like, it's the MLM Scientology model. The stripe path is their ranking system. Right. It's the sashes. It's the way you move up within what they call the company. Yeah. So how do you do that? Thank you for asking. In order to go up the stripe path, you had to keep taking curriculum, enroll people, and most importantly, you had to get rid of your disintegrations. You keep enrolling, which means taking and buying classes and recruiting others. You guys, it's an MLM. It's when an MLM. I got to this point, I was like, oh my God, she's right. It is a fucking MLM. Yeah, it's an MLM. It's a Scientology. It's a culty MLM, whatever. Yeah. So you get these colors of the sashes and then you get stripes on the colors and then you move. Remember Carol Baskin with the t with yes. her? All, yes. You yes. had 16,000 oh colors God. and yes. then the, the stripes on the colors. Here we are again. A million percent. So now we're back to 2007. We meet Bonnie. I love Bonnie. Yeah. I love Bonnie. For me growing up, one of the ways that I really expressed myself was to make music. I'd been very serious about my music career, but things were kind of falling apart. 
with the record label that I was with and I was struggling with fear and anxiety and just not feeling very happy. So I was looking for something to relieve that and to give me a deeper understanding of life. I really like Bonnie too. I've got a lot of questions for Bonnie. We find out that Bonnie was in like a Star Wars movie. That's a big fucking deal. She was in like two Star Wars movies and so she was like a singer and an actor and Mark meets Bonnie. And so this is all yeah. about Mark and Bonnie. And so Mark falls in love with Bonnie instantly. Yeah, Mark falls for Bonnie like really hard. And he does this annoying thing where he's like, I met her and I was like, do you want to have some tea? And yeah, like I invited I her for tea. It's whatever. It's so annoying. And so they meet for tea. And she sings for him, but she sings for us too. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy shit, this woman's voice. I don't want to show you the sadness in my heart. And she's sad. Yeah. Like the song is about like, I don't want to show you who I really am. Like she's just sad. Yeah. Cause she says she's going to give up music. She's like her record label is falling apart. Like she's thinking about like giving up music. And Mark says the ultimate pitch. Give me five days of your life. And then if you decide to give up music, go for it. Give me five days though. And she said, yes. Just give me these five days and also $7,000. And so... I was just wondering who paid for it. Did he pay for it or did she pay for it? I don't know. I mean, with that Star Wars money. But at the same time, like, we we learned that, like, Star Wars money is Star Wars money. But one of the actors in it, truly, like, they they have to do, like, conventions to make any kind of, like, livable money, which we'll get to. Yeah. So Bonnie agrees to go to her, like, five-day session or whatever. Of course, she's, like, kind of broken and sad. She says she was in a transition. She says she was looking for something to relieve that, to give her a deeper understanding of life. And I wrote, I will never need a deeper understanding of life. I understand as much of life as I ever need to know. I think one of the most telling things you ever said on this podcast was, I think I said once where I was like, oh yeah, in a past life. And you were like, I think it's very clear that like, I'm new here. Yeah. Like this is my first time <laughs> on this I, plane. I, I said that like, sometimes I feel like I'm an old soul. And then I'll have that <laughs> moment where I'm like, oh no, this is your first time around. This is my first time at the rodeo. <laughs> Guys, this is my first crack at this. How am I doing? <laughs> You're a perfect hybrid of like your first time here, but also the experience of of all the other old souls in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. you're, you're a perfect hybrid, girl, and I say that truly, genuinely with love. I will totally take it. <laughs> you're like truly like the most perfect version of you, oh, and I say that sincerely. Oh, that's so nice. Look, girl, I would not have you any other way. I, Please never change, and I mean oh, that. Oh, that's so I nice. I love you. Thank you. I'm a wreck. <laughs> So Bonnie takes her five-day session or whatever in 2010, and she's explaining it to us that, like... I remember some of the questions that the coaches asked and some of the ways that they described how they thought that I felt were just so spot-on. The whole five-day was set up with these deep questions. Like, you start right from the beginning. Things like... What's the thing you most regret in your life? You know, and like any cult, it gets super personal really fucking fast. They're asking you questions. What was the worst day of your life? Who do you owe amends to? But this is in front of everybody. Yes. And it's a lot of pressure and you paid a lot of money and you're like, it feels very performative. Like if I don't say this shitty thing about my childhood or the shitty whatever, and if I'm not cured in front of these people, then I'm a failure. You kind of have to fake it, whether you know you're faking it or not. And Bonnie is like immediately flown to me Keith if you've if you've been in a movie or a TV show you go to one class you get on a plane to meet Keith and if you're a woman exactly exactly so now we get into this thing that like really did blow my fucking mind it's like it's oh it should be its own episode we meet a guy named Mark Elliott who has very serious Tourette's syndrome penis penis fuck fuck 
Fuck. I have Tourette's, by the way. Just throw that out there. Okay. It's kind of hard to watch, but Keith and Nancy decide they want to see if they can cure Tourette's. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make a documentary about it that this other Mark guy is going to direct. And we see all these kids. We see this girl, Isabella, and she's really struggling. We see another girl who, like, oh, God, this, like, Oh, this like made me cry. She said that like after sessions with Nancy and Keith, she was able to talk to her dad on the phone for 20 minutes and she'd never been able to do that before. I talked with my dad last night for like 20 minutes. It was really good. He called my mom. He said, it's really great having such a fluid conversation with her. And then I texted you and I'm like, I'm sobbing. And you're like, it's all fake. And I was like, no, no, I need this. Get a Kleenex. I'm going to take a deep breath. Okay, sorry. Take a deep breath. The thing where the girl talks to her dad for 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You guys, I'm sorry that I cry on the podcast all the time now. Who the fuck am I? I told you it's my first time here. It's 2020. (laughs) Welcome. So they made this documentary called My Tourette's. And so a couple of things about My Tourette's. One- I just want to say the the guy, Mark, with Tourette's, who we see, we see him really suffering from Tourette's. And then, like, five minutes later, we see him symptom-free. He is- cured and like leading classes and like on the stage like giving seminars cure as soon as i experienced these tools i found that i was able to change something that most people believe is unchangeable and now i live a life without tourette's a couple things okay one this is all footage from a documentary called my tourette's that is produced and released by nexium you cannot cure tourette's it's a neurological thing so curing isn't a thing okay okay that's good to know however there are psychologists and and scientists and practical ways and and exercises and things you can do to combat it in some way all scientific yeah that nexium stole that you can do to try to either minimize the symptoms or something Okay, but what we're seeing is real. We see, like, I'm. I, this is a question. We see Mark really suffering, and then we see him able to fully communicate. So this Mark person, to this day, as of September sixteenth, twenty twenty, is a spokesperson for Nexium. The other five, so it's five. They follow five people that have Tourette's in that documentary. Yeah. The other four, I googled today, they are nowhere to be found. <sighs> they don't speak about this. They don't talk about this. It's very weird, I think, to me that this Mark Elliott guy, who's not Mark Vicente, who's yeah. the guy with Sarah on the cruise that this Mark guy is like well sex cult aside yeah. I just want to talk about like you should be totally saying that Keith is a piece of shit yes. for some reason he's very weirdly defending Nexium and Keith which gives me a lot of pause here yeah. and one more thing though you can't see that documentary so what we're seeing is just is like is that right? yeah it's unavailable now so <gasps> So what we're seeing is just like choice footage that they want us to see completely edited. Yeah. So that documentary was filmed in 2016. The filmmaker, the director is like, again, he was like, I didn't know it was a sex cult. <laughs> he, he says, I think it was a Vice article or something where he was like, that was locked in in 2016. It was released in 2018. So like I didn't have my hands on it oh my God. for two years. So I don't know what they did, what <sighs> Nexium did. And now it's unavailable. The only thing you can see is the trailer, which in every Every single trailer ever is heavily edited, yeah, whether you're course. a fucking Batman movie yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever. So the whole entire documentary could just be a 90 minute infomercial for Nexium, which, as we know, steals other yeah, things yeah. and manipulates it. Totally. It's a whole fucked up crazy thing. I made me sob. I know. And that's what they want. 
it, girl. I That's know. what they want. So we can't say we never fall for it because that's exactly what they uh, want. All right. So moving on. So now we learn, you know, of course, like Scientology, the kind of recruits that they are after are, quote, the people who run the motor of the world. They want famous people. They literally say the word influencers. You know, I they know. want like the movers and the shakers. And we learned that it was Sarah and Mark were the two that like it was their job to go out and find them. Basically, what happened is Sarah and I started like enrolling all the celebrities. Richard Branson let us host an intensive on Necker Island. We had Catherine Oxenberg, the star of the TV show Dynasty, take classes with her daughter, India. I spent most of my time working on strategy. Sarah said she wanted to talk to, like, as many people as possible. And then we get this, like, list of not-that-famous people who join, like, Catherine Oxenberg from Dallas or whatever. No, Dynasty! Hold tight! She comes back, girl! Oh, does she? <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> and then we learn about Christian Kruick from Smallville. She's the one who brings in, what's her name? Allie. Yeah, Allison Mack. But I love how she's like, <laughs> I know you know who I am. I'm from Smallville. Yeah, she totally does. <laughs> and I'm like, how dare you? I know. She's like, hi, I'm here. I hi. know. And then we get like everybody who was ever on Battlestar Galactica. And then we get the son <laughs> of the president of Mexico. These are the famous people they are able to attract. Well, it's all about Allison Mack. When I first came to ESP, I had on the surface something that seemed to be like the perfect life or a pretty good life. Like superficially, materialistically, I was very successful. We see a lot of her, not to camera, but we see a lot of her. She becomes very, very important, very problematic, very detrimental later on in the series. So suddenly after all of this, there's like a lot of growth in Nexium. It's coming all over the country. We'll get to that later. But suddenly Mark Vicente, the who the bleep guy, yeah. and Bonnie with the beautiful voice, they are married now. They get married. And we also find out that they all buy a townhouse together. So so Mark and Bonnie live on the top floor and Allison Mack lives like on the second floor and then they have like screening rooms in the ground floor. TikTok, cult o'clock. Yeah. They're all living together and just existing <laughs> to do great to the world, but they don't know how, but <laughs> Keith will tell us. It's so culty. In Albany. In Albany, by the way. I, I know. We're in happening, hip happening Albany. We're all going to change the world. Right. <laughs> And then Mark and Bonnie get married and they're so happy. Until Mark is immediately crying because Mark today is like... We realized later we never had a honeymoon. I feel like my life with Bonnie was stolen. I want to have that life. I want to get it back. Mark and Bonnie are not interviewed together. It looks like they've both left Nexium, but they are not being interviewed together. They got married, and now Mark is, like, crying, and he says, and he just says, like, I feel like my time with Bonnie was stolen, and I want to get it back. And then we get the audio. So we get this phone call. And how is this call recorded and why? I don't, like, is it fake or is it real? Because Mark records everything. Oh, my God. So we get this phone call with Bonnie and Mark. They're married, but they're physically not together in the in this moment. And Bonnie sounds scared out of her mind. She's, like, outside and she's like, can you talk really quick? Yeah. And I, I know that... Uh, oh, I, I just, I can, I know exactly where she is in this moment in, yeah. some, in some weird way. Where, where are you? Outside of our place? Yeah. There's a lot of things I'm starting to see about the organization. It's just not right. I'm cautious talking with you about it because I know 
you do believe in Keith's good intent. And I have for many years as well. So Bonnie is outside of their house, yeah. but would rather talk to her husband on the phone to say these really important things. And yeah. she's like, look, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of things here that aren't right. I'm nervous to talk to you, my husband, about this because I know how you feel about Keith. And then Mark is like, oh, come on, come on, come back, come back. And she's like, look, I'm listening to my gut. And he's like, come on, boo-boo. Yeah, yeah. No, boo. <laughs> and she says, I am not making this up. Come on, dude. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's not like I'm creating shit in my head. And if I look at those women, they're all not doing well. And I think some things are going to crumble. I'm looking at those women. They are not well. Yeah. And then it ends. Yeah. And this, I, I, I have chills just talking about it. The way Mark talks to Bonnie in the next episode, girl, we might have to have a cocktail for the next oh. one. It is so bad. <laughs> oh my God, really? The way he talks to her, oh, he's like, boo-boo. <laughs> I don't know about that, sweetheart. Oh, and I'm like, listen God. to your wife. <laughs> also, everyone listen to your wife always. Just saying, like, listen to your wife. Oh my God, you guys, thank you so much for checking out episode one of The Vow. Listen, if you're into this and you want to hear us get madder and madder and madder, all nine <laughs> episodes of our coverage of The Vow are available right now and ad-free uh, at the $5 level on Patreon, girl. Yeah, no scarves or sashes necessary. Just, it's that's all you got to do. We're welcoming. We're not going to force you to do anything you feel uncomfortable doing. Um, Patreon.com slash True Crime Obsessed or go to our website, click on the Patreon link. We love you guys. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. We hope you enjoyed our bonkersness, right? <laughs> Bonkersosity, I think is how you say it. Bonker bonkersosity. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what it was right on the tip of my tongue. Thank you so much for helping me. <laughs> 